Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you ever get a little down in life? Do you dream of that buff body but can't be bothered to actually do the work? Of course you do. We all hate ourselves a little bit. 30 minutes from now, you'll feel so comparatively intelligent, cultured and generally superior that you'll wonder why you ever worried at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flats and Shanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of what we used to call our weekly podcast. We've actually just had a week off, so fortnightly. Everyone's allowed a holiday, mate. Everyone's had a holiday, boy. I'm Tom Shanklin. I'm David Flatman. Hi, Dave. Okay, boy? Yeah, good. Um, we just did a sound check, by the way. Our sound checks are pretty high tech. Um, and I sounded like I had like helium or taking some helium or something. It was really odd. So if I sound like that for the whole thing, soz about that. Could be uh, my mum's fridge poisoning us. Yeah. I always get nervous when I come to your mum's house anyway, since the fishing trip. If <laughs> you put that spare key back. <laughs> Shouldn't. She listens to this. <laughs> oh, she does as well. Yeah, I know. Someone spotted her on the tube, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, you're out of order. Um, how's it going? We have, this is for, for our listeners at home, in the car, in the tube, wherever you are. We've had a couple of weeks away from each other, and we decided instead of seeing each other here in Shanks' mum's kitchen having a coffee and a catch-up, then doing the pod, we wouldn't catch up at all. We would just go straight into the pod. So this is literally us catching up. That's how professional we are. Yeah, straight in. So where have you been? I've been in um, Verbier, skiing. Oh, yeah. That's who I am now. Yeah. Actually, we stayed in a chalet outside Verbier, five k's away. So... Let me guess, you had like a, a nanny or a manny? Nope. Not being sexist. A cook? Nope. Really? No. Went with Matt Powell, the old Worcester Warriors scrum half, and his family, and he's like a um, machine. Chin Brook. Chin Brook. Dean Gaffney. Like Dean Gaffney. Yeah. Um, Shergar. Yeah. Red Rum. Willem Dafoe. Freddy Krueger. 
Um, Kevin Bacon. If, he, if he's William Dafoe, then he's Freddie Burns, then. Freddie Burns, yeah. uh, Jimmy Hill, all sorts, Steptoe. Um, he's a machine. He doesn't sleep. He just cooks, cleans, cooks, cleans, cooks, cleans, organises. He's unbelievable. Okay. He's relentless. Yeah. So, no, we didn't go out at all. No outbreak ski. We had, you know, a couple of beers in the afternoons at a cafe while the kids oh, so ran right. you went proper skiing. You know, you were... No, we skied, we skied in the mornings and a little bit in the afternoon with the kids. The kids had two-hour lessons till 10 to 12. Every day we were there, five days in a row. Have you skied before? Yeah, three times before. I'm not very good. And on the first day, as a really funny joke, Pauli took us to the top of an absolutely brutal run. Yeah. For my first skiing in years. Got to the top, slipped as I put my skis on, fell over, couldn't stand up, got to the top. And it was like, oh, my God. And it wasn't... It, part of it was fear. Part of it was just... Awareness yeah. of my own lack of ability. I just cannot ski down that. I like to go down on my ass. I would imagine, though, like in a straight line, you're unbeatable. Mate, the rate at which I gather speed is astonishing. When you get into that tuck position, which, because your height is probably all the time. Mm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You would, you're going 50 mile an hour easily. Yeah, I was flying. But by day five, I went down that thing and it was actually all right. Or a similar slope and it was actually all right, so I picked it up, but... Yeah, and your head's a little bit peeling. You look a little bit like Gorbachev at the moment. I, yeah. What, with the birthmark he had on him? Yeah, it's a massive birthmark you got on your head. We'll have to take a photo of it later. Yeah, my head's peeling. My yeah. arms are peeling as well. I got burned. It was really, really sunny. So there's loads of snow up the top, loads mm. of nice skiing. But it was... I mean, I mean, I, I could sweat standing still at the South Pole. So that's, I'm not a great gauge, but everyone was... Really? Like, gilet, T-shirt and gilet gelée and sweating by the time we got to lunch it was really warm it was like it was like summer but with snow oh nice actually a really good time to ski really like nice. all seasons in one yeah and you don't and you don't have to wear loads of heavy gear and you don't have to wear goggles just wear a pair of sunnies that's why I've got the little marks what sunnies did you wear um do you wear ones like uh, do you know what they are Liam, you know what they like are? Liam Gallagher John Lennon <laughs> yeah, John Lennon <laughs> <laughs> no I wore wraparounds like Terminator okay yeah um no, I wore just normal pair of sunnies, but the ones I wore on the BT Sport Tour de Flats years ago, and I just, any old pair, they're literally like a 20 quid pair of whatever's from the outlet centre, right? UV protective, though. Yeah, they're like, they're, they're, they're like a surfy dude make, like yeah, Arnett like, or like something. Like you get them from Boots or something like that. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You get them from the Shoal shoe shop. Yeah. Um, so he's, so I wore them on Tour de Flats, and I got, honestly, when I say loads, I mean like 30 people getting in touch with me on Twitter saying, where'd you get those sunglasses? They're really? amazing. They're not amazing. And I, Graham Roundtree, fashion conscious Graham Roundtree, he actually is quite a trendy guy, um, texted me saying, where'd you get them? They're like these super popular, but they're ultimately pieces of crap. But I got, I landed back, um, I landed back on Friday afternoon at Bristol Airport with family, Yeah. my family, and I got a taxi straight from Bristol Airport to the stoop to commentate. I saw you. You hadn't changed either because you still had your you gelé on. Do you know what, mate? That's what I skied in every day. And it honestly, I forgot. What? A, a Jules shirt? A Jules gelé? Jules gelé. And a pair of Blue Harbour that, that and a T-shirt. That's all I... Okay, cool. That's all I skied in, right? So there's there's a funny end to this story, hopefully, if you find it funny. I don't know. Um, so I got there. I got to the airport. I uh, got to pack that morning and I was like, oh my God, I've left. I brought some smart clothes to wear on TV. Mm. I've left them in my car. Like, oh my God, they're not there. Anyway, this will do. Shirt, trousers, gilet, BT Sport, pretty cash. Ugo always looks snappy, but I was like, I'll get away with it. Um, so yeah, straight from the airport to work. And I got an email today from the wardrobe lady at BT Sport, who is absolutely lovely and brilliant at her job, saying, basically, please can you dress more smartly? <laughs> 
can you start wearing jacket and shirt, please, on the pitch side? Didn't have to say last weekend wasn't good enough, but last weekend wasn't good enough. So I, re- I reckon you go full on Gavin Henson next week. Black on black on black. Yeah. You have a black round, a roll neck. Yeah. yeah. Black leather jacket, biker's yeah. jacket. Yeah, and your new black jeans. Black jeans. Black. I need some black Chelsea boots or some. They won't let you wear trainers unless you're Craig Doyle. Yeah. So there's some stuff to think about there. So I've got a little bit of a telling off, I think. Oh, but okay. it's all right. They were right. I don't think you look too bad, to be honest, mate. Stop it. I thought you looked all right. Um, so how was Hong Kong? Yeah, it's good, mate. You wouldn't like it. Quiet. So humid. Oh, I couldn't do it. You would just sweat non-stop. Yeah. I'm sweating now. Yeah. I'm sweating now, sitting still in your mum's kitchen at 7pm. You'd need like a, you'd need a fan with you. you need someone fanning you down non-stop. Mm. There's no wind. Oh, it's just... that break me. It is very humid, but it's good fun, mate. But I see pictures of people and they're not sweating and I don't know how that happens. Like, you weren't sweating at all, were you? Not too bad, um, but I don't sweat that much anyway, you know. I, mm. I'm just lucky, really. It's all that Botox I've had. Yeah. Can you not tell? Yeah. Um, but it's good, though, mate. I arrived on Tuesday and spoke at a dinner... Um, Hong Kong club spoke at dinner with yeah. Andy Nichol hosted it yeah. and they normally have a North and Southern Hemisphere player so I was from the North and Andrew Mertens oh, was from the South genius yeah loose very loose genius. He, he was enjoying his wine before he spoke he spoke first and um, I mean the only thing that took a shiner off that dinner for me was the fact and Andrew Mertens was the fact that he was great. He was a great speaker, and he, he said, you know, "Look, if I if I don't make you laugh, I just get my cock out." High <laughs> <laughs> like, stuff. High so stuff. Set, he set the tone. But then I, I was watching the '95 World Cup the other day, like some highlights on um, on South Africa New Zealand in the final, and his haircut is absolutely atrocious. Mm. He looks like a mushroom. He looks yeah. like he should be called Billy Bob. Yeah. Um, and that sort of ruined it for me because he was a great guy. Yeah. Loves it. Loves it. Funny. Funny. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. It, it was meant to be a speech and he, he didn't prepare anything, so he was just asking himself questions all the time. Yeah. Um, he, just, he just winged it, but he, he was is, really good. He's a very, very, very bright guy. Yeah, you can like, tell. I don't know what IQs mean or what they are or who's got what, but I would imagine his is very, very high. Yeah, Super yeah. bright. Did another, did another bit of work with Jean de Villiers. Oh, yeah? He's yeah. meant to be lovely. Yeah, real nice bloke. Met him well, at breakfast with him once with Butch James and he seemed lovely. Really nice bloke. Mm. So we did a bit of a Q&A. Um, I hate that when really successful guys are like big and not out of shape and really nice. I know, and good looking. Good looking. And wears a really good suit. Kills me. Loads of people asking where you were then, mate. Loads of fans. Mm. Loads of podcast fans. I just said, look, oh, yeah. he's not got enough caps and he can't handle the heat. <laughs> so I was just brutally honest. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. So a lot of, lot, a lot of pod listeners out there. Well, now I'm at, I'm at a point where I probably could generate some graft in Hong Kong, probably, if I'd got the right people's numbers, if yeah. you shared it, but you don't. Um, the truth is, I, I actually don't want to go to Hong Kong. I'd love the lash and air-conditioned nightclubs and bars, but I... Because I'm a lad. Yeah. But I just... I, it's too hot for me, mate. Like, Verbier genuinely was too hot for me. I'm yeah, not comfortable. Yeah. And there's snow everywhere. I mean, it, yeah, it, it was it was very hot. But luckily, I was doing a bit of corporate, so all the boxes are air-conditioned. Air-conned. Yeah, so it wasn't too bad. I wore jeans and a shirt. Did you have a good time? Really good time. Do you know the most, the worst thing that happened to me over there? Was on on the Saturday of the Sevens, right? Did somebody think you were Yule Brynner? No, carry on. <laughs> on the Saturday of the Sevens, 
I'd obviously had a few drinks, and when you, when you have a few drinks, you get really hungry, don't you? It was a few. 15, 16 yeah, points? Yeah, something like that. Gin and tonics. Then you went out. And they got they had a KFC in the stadium, right? Ugh. So I went and got a bucket, which was like 45 quid, 15-piece KFC bucket. When I got a bucket, I thought, yeah. And I started eating it on the way back, and I couldn't manage all the chicken, so I started eating just the skins off it. Right? Oh, mate. I know. Mate. <laughs> <laughs> and I bumped into a, an older lady who was one of the wives of one of the committee members of the Hong Kong club or the Aberdeen Marina Club. And her husband was quite well to do out there. And she stopped me and she said hello. And I, you know, I enjoyed the Q and A and stuff. And I was like, oh great, I'm, you know, just bought a bucket for the bucket of chicken for the lads. You know, they get hungry. And um, as I was talking, I noticed a bit of chicken come out, and I carried on talking. And as I looked, off your up, mouth, yeah. And as I looked at right, I'm not joking, it was it was on the corner of her eye, just by her eyebrow. <laughs> I, it was massive. It was a huge bit. And I was I was just going, oh my god. She must have she must have felt she that. knows me. She, she knew. She didn't she did not move. That's how professional she was. I was just dying, right? And I made a real quick excuse. And oh. said, right, anyway, I've got to take this back to the boys before it gets cold. Anyway, ch- anyway, chicken, bye. <laughs> oh, oh, my God, I was just staring at it. I, ho- I was so embarrassed. Terror. I know, terror. Oh, but, so, God. Quite a few boys out there, mate. Did you? Yeah, nice chat with Steve Redgrave out there. I'm sorry to name drop. Oops. But I can't help it. Liked him? Re- I said, look, mate, we're in the Cathay Pacific area upstairs. And I said, look, mate, you know, if... If a load of people come up and ask for autographs, no, I'm sorry about it. I'm not being rude, but, you know, I'm, I'm here to do a job. You know, they want to speak to me. <laughs> they want some insight. Um, I said, you know, out of the five gold medals you won in the five different Olympics, so I don't want to know anything about that. I want to know what it's like to win gladiators. <laughs> yeah, because mm. he was against Matthew Pinson in the oh, final. yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And he did the job. He did the job. Yeah. Yeah. They say that he's just a man of steel, psychologically, you know. Yeah, but... He's a beast. But I sort of got the impression that it was... um, It was sort of fixed for him to win it. Did you? Yeah. Because they wanted... Because he was was leading by such a a large amount of points, which equals seconds, don't they? Because he he was so good on Powerball... (laughs) And uh, Powerball. Yeah, I think it was staged for him to win it. Oh, right. Um, oh, but that's not official. Well, it is now. That's no, not. Um, well, that undermines all of his five Olympic golds, in my mind. But it was really, really nice bloke. Who else did you meet? Do you really want me to go through him? I know, you've written a list, I can see it. You're such a dropsy. Just a dropsy Ojo. Ian McGeekin. Sir Ian McGeekin. Geech. Yeah. Michael Liner. Mike. Christian Cullen. Oh, stop. Simon Shaw. We're, we're in a place called... Shaw uh, Spray. Lang Fai Kwong. And Shaw's his massive bloke, isn't he? He's getting mm. loads of attention. I kept doing all that. I kept going, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Martin Johnson is in the house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just kept doing that, right? The next day, the next day we were watching the, um, the Tens, because they have an amateur Tens tournament, right? Uh, that runs alongside, and that was it. Or the Hong Kong football club, I think it was, or rugby club, or cricket club. Whatever. I get confused. Yeah. And we both we went for a team, poo. Yeah. Me and Shorty. Yeah. 
and I separate finished, cubicles. Se- oh yeah, mm, you're animals. Yeah, we won't do that again. Um, and I finished before him because obviously I'm not smaller. Yeah. It takes longer for it to get there with him, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sitting down and standing yeah. up takes half so an hour. He does it. We were in there. I finish, leave, wash my hands thoroughly. And the toilet's quite busy. And I, I've just gone, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to meet him, Simon <laughs> Shaw, wasps, <laughs> Bristol, British and Irish Lions legend, is in cubicle two, having a shit. <laughs> if you form a queue, he will sign autographs when he gets out. <laughs> And did they? <laughs> he was in there for about 10 minutes. <laughs> he said he didn't have time to wash his hands. Oh, no. Oh, so uh, Thomas Cassinier bumped into him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Lo- lovely, lovely man. All out there, mate. All out there. Bentos. John yep. Bentley's out there. Bentos. David Trick's out there. We actually watched one of the games. That, um, it was Bath Leicester. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Watched that in a pub the called The White Stag. Yeah. Um, oh, well done. I had to drop Warren Gatlin home as well. Well, not home. When we got off the flight, um, we both... He was with Rob Howley. Howlers? They, yeah. And they'd, Did they'd, Rob Howley ever say anything to you about you, about you to, anything to you about when you slagged him off on this podcast a few times? Uh, I haven't. Okay. At all. Okay, of course you haven't. Okay. Um, he knows it's just banter. I <laughs> know, uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so we, we've both done this drive and fly... So Rob Alley's car comes first, so he's grinning like anything. Car pulls up, puts his bags in, gets in the car. Only got a flat tyre, hasn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that just sum it? Yeah. Um, so, so hang on, why are they in Hong Kong, HSBC? No, they're doing stuff with BT out there. Guess a BT. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, I popped in the box to see them. Yeah, but they're overjoyed with that. Yeah. Yeah, Rob Alley, he needs some moisturiser, though. Does he? Yeah. He turned up and honestly, it's like he had like Parmesan cheese nose. <laughs> you know, when you flick it and all his Parmesan mm. comes off. Mm. Um, but he's on real good form. Um, but anyway, so and Gatlin needs to go to this hotel in um, Heathrow. So I said, Look, mate, I'll drop you there. So jumped in the car, dropped him at the hotel, and he, he told me he's Lions captain. Mm. Yeah, it's good to be back, is it? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um, so it's a good trip, mate. Oh, well done. Did you feel F- broken F- when you came Fiji out? won the tournament. Did they? Yeah. Didn't even watch. Should, should watch, really. Mm. Oh, no, I did see it, because I saw them celebrating in the changing rooms afterwards on Twitter, mm. which is really nice. My mates went to the South Stands. I had a, had a few mates out there who who just come for the, the crack, the bucket list job. Yeah. And they were in the uh, notorious South Stand where you have to queue at, like, half seven in the morning. Mm. So we're all staying in the same hotel. We're all sharing rooms, and they pile in at, like half six in the morning waking me up I didn't have to be there till like 11 I had much sleep as it is and they were jumping on me and stuff mm. broke me so I, so after like two or three jumped on me third person come in my mate Jenko come in they obviously said go on jump on him I just flipped don't I <laughs> did you lose the plot yeah man strong again I got up I got up and went and I said sort of you're right that's it and as I got up I got a real bad cramp <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, like, I've got real bad cramp in my hamstrings. I had to wait like about ten seconds, and then I <laughs> chucked him off. Over then you filled su- him in. Over the suitcase, but my hamstring was killing all day then. Uh, lack of salt. Yeah, so you got injured. That's why I had KFC. Sweat, you see. Mm. Sweat. Too yeah, so so that was Hong Kong, mate. Well, but did you feel broken when you got back? Like liver job. Not too bad. Not Fatigue. too bad. Yeah, a little bit tired, but 
just get on with it, don't you? Crack on. It's more of a long burn than a short and sharp. Mm. You know, you're not necking shots. You're not like in a dentist chair and trying to get as pissed as you can in like three or four hours. It's, yeah. it's. Uh, I didn't drink until 12 p.m. because oh. I'm not an alcoholic <laughs> and nor am I from uh, Glasgow. Mm. So, mm. yeah. You know, yeah. I wonder how many of our listeners you just offended. I have standards. This is not jokes, isn't it? All right. Um, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back safe. Mm. Did you keep in touch with the rugger while you were away? Yeah, of course. Of course you did, mate. Yeah. Of course you did. Like Love me and Verbier, it's all I looked at. Yeah. Do you know, when I was away, I had a rule, because I, I live on my phone, you know, and I'm a bit of an addict, and then I, I said, right, every time we leave the house, this phone, my phone is not leaving the chalet for a week. And it didn't. It never left the chalet for a week. It stayed in the chalet. never took it out during the day. Someone else took pictures. I'm not checking stuff during the day. And every single day, I missed a really important email. Mm. And it was time sensitive. Like, we're moving house, and it was like, right, for the mortgage, you need to do this by... If I'm leaving at four o'clock, I'm going away for two weeks. Pretty crap idea then, isn't it? It's rubbish idea. House. Rubbish, I ain't doing that again. Where can we see the photos, anyway? Of the house? Yeah. No, of uh, your skiing trip. <clears throat> oh. So you went... Um... Insta? No, I don't think I posted any. Okay. I might have posted one. I'm sure my wife's done it on Facebook. Is she on Facebook? I expect so. don't know. I've, I've searched, but I haven't seen her yet. <laughs> you can find them. <laughs> you can find them. I'll have a proper look later. <laughs> yeah, be my mission tonight. Something to do. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just $60, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, so every week we have Bet the Week. Um, yeah. Leo Vegas partner us on this podcast, mm. and we have to put a bet on weekly as yeah. to who we think are going to win. Um, you know, you can get on the website onto leovegas.com, you can have a look at this bet. If we win, the proceeds go to charity. Children in need, boy. That's it, that's it. Um, and we've been pretty successful so far. Um, now, we're torn this weekend. We're, we're going to bet on Claremont v 
Leinster, mm. which is at the Stade Galand. Yeah. Do you want to play there? Yeah. 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 Roger. They love it, don't they? Onyaks. Leon. Yeah. <laughs> you had me, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. Am I, am I right? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That. I googled it earlier on Yahoo. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to go. Now you think Leinster are going to win? I don't think you? Leinster are going to win. Yeah. Now I'm going Claremont by four. I'm going Leinster by four. Okay. But what do you want to do? Overruled. You're overruling me. Well, I'm the techie, aren't I? I, yes. can, I can cut this as to how I want. Yeah, all right, go with yours. Yeah, I can put a different voice on you if you want. Put all right. On, put a more manly voice if you like. Would you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are going Leinster. We're not going Leinster, we're going Claremont Jeepers. by four points. Claremont by four that points. That is our bet. Good we're luck putting to you. it on. Think about the kids, good luck to you. If you do go on their website, you know, make sure you're over 18, bet responsibly. Just yeah. have to say that. Yeah, I, I, I concur with that stuff. Right, so you got back on Friday. Yeah. Cab straight to Quinn's. Yeah. Stay night in London? No. No, commentated on that and came home. Yeah, you're really biased. Why are you so biased, mate? <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah, we got a bit of stick. Uh, someone, someone said that the, uh, the commentary was pro-London, they said, from an Exeter fan. Which is funny, because I... I, a couple of weeks ago, was... You love Exeter as well. ...tweeted by a couple of people saying you're biased towards Exeter. It's like, why would I be biased? I never played for them. Like, I kind of stand people accusing me of my old club, but they don't like my old club. Um, but Ugo got a bit of stick. Uh, pe- people do. The thing is, we get called, all of us, every single one of us, gets called biased by people from every single premiership club. So not every week, but regularly people say nice things. Regularly people will say you're biased towards them. And it's, sometimes it can be completely random. It's like, that's why you hate Newcastle. And like, Worcester were appalling a few weeks ago, and I said so. They've been really good since, and I've said so every week. And then I say something on TV on Sunday night, and someone, some bloke, perfectly nice bloke, I'm sure, tweets me saying, that's a bit of a turnaround. Thanks, you know, finally you've seen the light. It's like, no, it's not. When they're crap, I say so, if I think they're crap. When they're good, I say so. I'm, I just, I'm just not... Just not worried about it. But I mean, I now and again when people come on and just cast their opinions like fact, that annoys me a bit. Just no humility from these muppets who've got it wrong anyway. You you can get counselling for stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know. Um, but um, extra, a, extra come good in the end, mind. Yeah, and the first Lockie Turner, um, last minute replacement. How did he not get man of the match? What a try! I know, but how did he not get man of the match? It's mm. a joke. Who was commentating on that? Who did you pick? Ollie Woodburn. Yeah. He was really good, mate. Because of the tail. The tail. Yeah. I would I would say that over the over the 80 minutes, Ollie Woodburn contributed significantly more, but Lockie Turner was fab. For those of you that have joined in this podcast, you know, halfway through, you know, maybe in episode 14 or 15, Flats tells a story about Ollie Woodburn. Um, when his little daughter seen him in the shower and she thought he had a, a Just go tail. back and listen to it, because it'll be on it's part of the title, you'll know which one it is. He had a tail. Um yeah. yeah so but there's relevance know. behind it. It's getting away, that's not the joke, haven't I? Yeah, well done. So that that was so 50, 55 minutes, that was a brilliant game, could have gone either way, really loose. Um How good was Henry Slade's take um when the kick was put through, but then to put it on his boot and his quick thinking to kick it ahead? 
Class, absolute class, and his it's natural. That's instinct. Yeah, and his instinct to create a two-on-one down the left flank, which led to a try, was led to a mm, a try for somebody I've forgotten. It might be Ewers. I've forgotten anyway. It was, it was a week yeah, ago. Yeah, I think Ewers dies over at the end, doesn't he? Yeah, Palace. So that that was just class. But he didn't have his best game, Henry Slade. He was really up and down. He made a few mistakes off the boot and. I, l- I love what that's him because that, I see a lot of James Hook when James Hook first bursts on yeah. the scene because he is so versatile. You know, he's played thirteen, he's played twelve, mm. he's played ten. That's the thing. If you, if you want to burst into that England team and secure your spot, I I personally believe you have to be playing one position for your club in week in mm. week out. It's hard because Steenson is such a solid player at yeah. 10 but he has to find a position and he look, the good thing is he'll always be involved because he is versatile so he can cover three positions yeah. maybe four um, so he'll always be in the mix but to actually nail down a position you have to be playing it every week yeah I-M-O I am in your in I-Y-O but I but what undoubtedly I think Exeter Chiefs look better with Henry Slade at 12 or 13 and Steenson at 10. Agreed, David. No, no question. However, they are a club that doesn't just go Saturday to Saturday. They look at it kind of holistically. They always have. They've retained the right people and gradually acquired the right people in, um, in terms of playing staff. I think they're a, they're a long-term kind of club. Their goal is to play a team that is from Exeter. Yeah, but they also, they also want... When Henry, when Steenson goes in a couple of seasons, whenever he goes, because he's not getting any younger, who is? I hate that saying. No one's getting any younger. But I, I think they want Henry. He's Slade Irish. To play, they want Henry. I wasn't doing anything. All right, much. sorry. I think they want Slade to play ten long term. So does he? And he's a fabulous ten quite often, but he didn't have a great game the other night. Um, that happens. I tell you, two guys who were fan blimmintastic. Joe Marler. Yeah, he was fantastic. Best I've ever seen him play. He wasn't. Scoring tries and making loads of runs, it was like fourteen carries for ten meters total. He was aggressive though, really, really aggressive was, in the was, tackle, really aggressive carrying. He was on one, mate, and his defence was. Do you reckon someone's had a little word in his ear to say, "Look, you're in their thoughts. You need a big game tonight. If you yes. get a big game, you're in." I got I got told by someone in a position of re- relative authority that Mark um, Mapletoft, Mum. <clears throat> now I got told by someone, whoever it was, that. Um, it was a straight shootout for the third choice loose head berth between amongst Marla, Kean Healy, and Rob Evans of Wales. Okay. With Mako and McGrath already on the plane. So not Gethin Jenkins. No. Okay. So that's what I got told, and I think maybe that had Joe had that in mind. I tell you what, know. this Lion selection is a lot like Broadchurch, and who did it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, everyone. Everyone's on the plane until like the final episode. And it's Tuesday night here, so we we shouldn't go too far into Lions because in about... Warburton's going to be captain. 15 minutes after people listen to this or it will be irrelevant, basically. I reckon Warburton's captain. So do I. I I I sort of thought Alan Wynne was going to be captain to start with. I'm not sure his injury has played any factor in that because Warburton's injured as well. But what I want to say about Warby is we tipped him at the start of the Six Nations to have a big... Um, a yep. big tournament because he relinquished the captaincy. Got taken um, away. He didn't relinquish it. Yeah, he lost it. Okay. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, and you know, there's a lot of doubters with him. A lot of people didn't think he should play in the start of Six Nations because they had Falatau and well, Falatau was injured, so he ended up playing. But 
for him to come back and that mental strength and toughness he's shown from, you know, not playing the best rugby to absolutely having a stormer yeah. and to prove all the doubts wrong is incredible. Um, he will lead on and off that field like nothing else. There'll be no ammunition on him whatsoever. He's like the Gary Lineker of yeah. rugby. He win the Fair Play Award at the end of the series yeah, and still be the, one of the best players. He's, he is fab. He's the man. He's a hero. He's got lovely biceps and he's got a great personality. And he loves charity. He's got it all. Um, I agree with you entirely. I think his stock rose during the Six Nations. I don't think Alan Wynn did. I still think Alan Wynn goes. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm actually thinking in my mind, you, you might well start with Cruz and Itoji in the um, second row. Do you know what? Um, I like I've changed that a bit. <laughs> do you know another benefit of having Warby captain is that he, does, he doesn't play just from one position. <clears throat> he plays six as well. Mm. So if you want to shuffle things around a little bit, if you want to... He can stay on. Potentially yeah. bring Tipperick in or... You know, CJ Stander at seven, or Sean O'Brien, whoever, whoever is another seven, he could then move to, yeah. to six. So, are you surprised that I, know, I said we wouldn't go too deep into this, but let's assume the newspapers are right and George Ford is not going? Are you surprised? Well, it depends who the other ten is going to be. Oh, well, it's going to be Sexton and Farrell. Let's say it's bigger. Um, are you surprised George isn't going? Not, not hugely. I think I think Sexton has to go. I think Farrell. Unbelievably has to go, so it's a it's a toss up then between bigger Ford and Finn Russell. So I don't think any of those will feature in the um, in test. the test. I think yeah. it'll be Sexton and Farrell. And if if one of those is injured, if Sexton's injured, Farrell will move to to ten. So phew, horses for courses, really. All right. Are you? No, I'm not. Okay, good. No. Um, so Northampton Saracens, good game. Were you there? I was there and at the Stadium MK, which is a great stadium. I really like it, and the whole setup there is really, really good. Is it? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I love, I love Franklin's Gardens, but it's almost like if, Fra- if, if Franklin's Gardens were a dump, you'd say. So how many walking fit in the MK Dom? Uh, I think it's twenty-eight or something. What more? No. Okay. So what's that? It, Another ten thousand, maybe ten or twelve thousand more, thirteen thousand okay. more, something like that. So commercially, it's a. Yeah, and it was fantastic. It was re- it's a great stadium. Everything about it, I think, was really, really good. Um, amazing game. It, it was a game that I was talking to... Was it a game to, of two hours? <laughs> literally. I was talking to... Um, who was I talking to? George Cruz at the end of the game. And I was talking to Paul Diggin, the old Saints yeah. winger. And he's I said got a to, bit of timber, isn't he? Yeah, he's, well, he's a stocky boy, isn't he? He's not, he doesn't look in bad nick, though. Uh. Anyway, George Cruz, first game back, 80 minutes. Brilliant. He's going on the lines, no problem. Um, great lad as well. And I said, Saracens find a way to win and and Northampton find a way to lose at the moment. They just find a way to lose these games. Yeah, I got a question from Twitter, right, from a guy called Chin Bob. Mm. I'm assuming he's got a cool tar chin or Kelly yeah. Osborne chin. Skull that floats. Jamie Roberts chin. Um, it says, Harry Malander is the good in attack. Mm. Um, I think he means very. Um, but his defence lets him down. Can young... Pros improve defence to top class over a career. Um, I don't think his defence is that bad, um, but yeah, you can. I mean, positionally, you can improve it. Yeah. You know, it's it's very hard to make someone who doesn't want to tackle tackle because it's a mindset thing, really, isn't it? You know, you either want to tackle or you, do you don't. want to collide or not. Yeah. You, you know, quite enjoyed it, didn't you? Do you want to, Yeah. Do you want to make a tackle? Not all. <laughs> do, do you want to make a tackle or not? If you want to make a tackle, you know, more likely you're going to make that tackle. But positionally, yeah, you can you can improve because 
it's a, it is a lot different, you know, positionally from 10 to 12, and 12 to 13, and, and 15 as well. You know, he plays, he's very versatile, so he, every time he plays that new position, he has to switch on. Yeah. And it, it's quite difficult, you know, over-chasing, lining your man up. Um, but these are the things you can improve w- through training easily. Yeah. And, you know, you're you working on more in training than when you come to the game, you know, that automatic pilot comes on and you realise your feet in the wrong position or you're, you're, you're showing too much of an inside and you can adjust. So yeah, 100% you can improve. And he's a lovely bloke. And he wants to tackle, and he's a big bloke as well. Yeah, that's why I sort of think he's a big bloke. He should, by rights, be knocking people about sooner rather than later. I think he'd be looking like, someone like Jamie Roberts, who, you know, he's he could well be one of the headlines of this line selection if he goes. Um, you watch him defend every week, and he's a... Good or bad headline? Well, I think I, there's a, it sounds like he's going. Again, all, a lot of this you're listening to at home will be outdated by the time you hear it, but it sounds like he's going. Um, but watching his defence since he joined Quinns, he defends, he hits proper hard. Like, he's a proper. Do you know what really annoys me bloke. about him? What? Yeah, he, yeah, I agree, he's really brave all the time he puts his body in the line because he just runs into brick walls all the time. Mm. But the most annoying thing is that you look at him, he doesn't really have to put that much effort in to tackle mm. because he's such a big bloke and so strong that even like a. A sixty percent tackle knocks people back. Yeah. Whilst me or you, you know, we'd have to really put hundred percent in to, to knock someone. You know, he, he looks like he's just he's got that time. He, look, well. yeah, he looks like he's just dragging his arm, and all of a sudden it connects with someone's chest, and bang, they're on the back. Yeah. He suplexed them. Yeah. So um, what were we talking about? Malinder. Yeah. Lovely yeah. player. But it's a fascinating game. So the major incident at the end. Um, Saracens are eight points behind. Quinn, uh, Saints are going to do it. It's fantastic. Well done them. And then Billy Vunapola, Saris are chasing it with a few minutes left. Billy Vunapola throws a big loop pass off his left hand. Foden coming in from the left wing jumps up and pats the ball up in the air. Not a, not a deliberate knock on. He's trying to catch it, but it goes up in the air. And as he's standing underneath it, waiting for it to come down, Skulk Brits nails him, tackles him. Everyone in the ground pretty much thinks he's tackled a man without the ball because he's, t- he's tapped up in the air. Yeah. The ball is in the air. He can't tackle him, he hasn't got the ball. Um, so everyone goes nuts. The decision is given as a knock-on scrum Saris, right? Instead of a penalty to Saints. So now, the, the initial thing would have been a knock-on, but because he was tackled out the air, that's cancelled and it becomes so a penalty. So if, if, if you can... If it's... This is the way the referee's assistants and the assessors or whatever explained it to me afterwards. If you run towards me with the ball, I go to tackle you, and you just throw it up in the air like a chip and chase, but with your hands, over yeah. my head, run around me and catch it, by, that, by the logic people are talking about, he didn't have the ball, it means that that becomes legal. As long as you don't drop it or it doesn't hit anyone else and become a knock-on, okay. you, you can do that. Now, it's it's, inten- it's intentional versus accidental, that's fine. I'm but, sure I remember Brian Driscoll doing that for Leinster a while ago. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. But you, you can't do that. Anyway, so what, what happens... So the decision is, is Ben Foden going to catch that ball? Is, does the referee feel he will definitely have caught... They would definitely have caught that ball had Brits not tackled him? If the answer is yes, he was definitely catching it and Brits took him out, penalty Saints. I think I'm right here. It was quite complicated. If the answer is I'm not confident he was going to catch it anyway, was, was, was Brits to be removed from the situation, removed from the picture, it becomes a knock-on. Okay. The referee did not feel confident Foden would have caught it. I felt confident Foden would have caught it. So I think that it's, it's one of those things that I think it... Really, on reflection, way easier from where we're sitting and where we're sitting now. I do think Matthew Carley was the ref. I think he's 
Muddy water though, isn't it? Really muddy water. I actually hammered him for something in a game the other week and I was completely wrong. And he walked up to me the week after and said, you, you battered me on telly for this. And I was like, right, explain that to me. And he, I was like, right, okay, I apologise for that. And I'll mention it on telly kind of thing. He's, he's really good fun. And did, he was laughing about it. Of course I didn't. Yeah. You know, sort yeah. um, he of. He doesn't watch it anyway, does he? He doesn't watch it, mate. Um, he just watches himself and fast forward, didn't he, with the sound off. So... Yeah, so it was a really complicated one, and I feel like I still now feel like the decision wasn't right. Anyway, that completely changed the game. Um, it was only a few minutes left, and of course, these decisions at the end of games are given way more weight in terms of importance than the ones at the beginning. But actually, a decision that leads to the try after five minutes is no different from a decision that leads to a try with five minutes left. No, it, affect, it affects the game one way or other. Yes, yeah, so the, the butterfly effect. You watch that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So Sarri's kicked the points from a resulting scrum. Um, to them yeah, you know so Scrum put in Sarries when perhaps it should have been a penalty to Northampton in the eyes of lots of fans um, it was it was really really tough and it, and it ended up the Sarries score at the end it ends up costing Saints the win Zalski's break was yes really good mate yeah he's real um, good he is real good and He's a tough boy as well. Yeah, that, that, that Bosch, Bosch, a, Bosch finished that pretty well as well yeah that uh, Lazowski is a guy who wants to collide mm. not with ball in hand but if you run at him he wants to collide with you yeah and you just cannot. You can, it's so hard to put. He that doesn't look the biggest bloke, but his body position and technique. He's not the biggest bloke. I think he's really strong. Like Johnny Wilkinson isn't yeah. really big. Just real strong, good yeah. timing, and he's just got intent. He's got the intent, and it's so hard, as you know. It's so hard to put that, put that into somebody. You know, yeah. there, there are some great players who play international rugby that don't have that. No. You know, you can't like George Ford is. That eye of the tiger. What a wonderful player, especially going forward. Wonderful player. I love watching him for Bath at Twickenham last week. I thought he was fab. Mm. But he doesn't have that. He's been he's a small bloke who plays like a small bloke. Yeah, and he's Lezowski, targeted a lot as well. Yeah, and targeted him a lot yeah. the weekend. Lazowski's bigger, but he's not yeah. that much bigger. He's not Jamie Roberts standing next to George Ford. He's no, probably no, no. he's probably ten kilos heavier if that, but he's got the intent, you know. Um but it was a fascinating game, and I did I did feel for the Saints fans. Uh, but Sarri's just, mate, they just find a and way. They rest a lot of players as well because they got Munster. Yeah, they all, it's partly Munster and partly they had to pick a game to rest loads of the England players because in the three weeks after the Six Nations, the England players have to have a game off. Yeah. So they, um, they chose that game. So they basically sent half a second team and still won. Wasps still top. Um, does, that, does it mean now they've got a home semi-final in yes. the playoffs? Yes. So they don't see X. I think it looks like it could be Leicester, doesn't it? Yes. Their fourth. Yes. Um, but they beat Bristol. Do you know what, mate? Twenty-one. Leicester went to Wasps. Was it last season or two seasons ago? My memory. Last season, I think, went to the Rico, completely up against it, and beat Wasps when Wasps were in form. Mm. I just don't. I just. I love watching Wasps play. I love watching Cipriani, Gopeth, Robson, Simpson, Wade. All those guys, like Curtly Beal, is my favourite player in the league. Number 12 is his position. Michael Checker's got him to go yeah. back next year to play second 5-8. Him and Pickamoles and Francois Lowe are just like, I just think they're just mega. But I just cannot see Wasp winning the league. I just can't see yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. I still say Sarri's. Mm. I, I think Sarri's will, might will end up going to Exeter. And I, do you know what? Much as I love the Chiefs and I'm biased towards them, as someone said... But Sarri's are my old club, so I'm biased towards them as well. I actually think Sarri's go to Chiefs and win They're with a foot with the first team out. They are so good. Do you want to annoy me a little bit about Bristol? Um, they scored. They scored a couple of tries, but well, Bristol now, are we? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wasps Bristol was the fact that 
when Wasp were making breaks towards the end of the game, there's probably 15, 20 minutes left, the ball was going wide, the Bristol players just switched off. You know, a lot were walking, a lot went shutting the gate, you know, running across the cover. There was no real desperation there. I know it must be difficult because this is a game they officially go down, but they must have known this is coming, you know, especially after the first few weeks yeah. at the start of the Premiership. You know, they knew it was going to be a tough battle, but these are things you can't coach you can't coach attitude you can't coach commitment you know these players weren't really shut it's quite a few that were just walking back not covering not covering the gate at all um, not chasing after players just letting them run through mm. um, once the ball had gone past them and that annoyed me a little bit because these players are still got to look for contracts next year yeah. um, and coaches will look at that and they'll see that and they'll, they want players that have got good attitudes <coughs> of course they have to be skillful and they have to have natural talent, but they've got to have the right attitude as well. Yeah, and they will pick up on that. If you know, if, if a ball goes past, you know, if a coach is looking at these, this Bristol team, and you know, Wasps are easily going to win this, they'll still look at players that they could pick up. They've got a good attitude that are chasing back hard, which are putting it in. Yeah, and I didn't see that at the weekend. I, mean, I know it must be tough for them, but you've got to represent yourself as well. Yeah, on the field. Yeah, I Bristol is. Um, I yeah I. So there's loads of stuff going on at Bristol from what I hear. Now, what the sort of stuff I'm going to say now, I've said a lot of it on Twitter and on telly already and whatever. This is all anecdotal, so I haven't been in the meetings. I, I've got... There are a few people at Bristol that I know. So the person I know the very best at Bristol is Mark Bakewell, the forwards coach. I would yeah. class him as a great friend of mine. You know, I love him. And right? I'm not saying... My point on that, right, is I'm not saying it's, it's a coach's thing. I'm saying it's a player's attitude. I know. I, on the I, field. I, I, I agree it's with stuff you. Stuff you can't coach. I agree with you. And often the best players are not actually the best players. They're the guys with the best attitudes. That's... Yeah. You know, you can't tell me that Tom Wood is significant or Chris Robshaw is significantly more gifted than anyone that plays at Bristol. They're, I mean, they are gifted players, but they're not... They are machines. They are gifted in terms of psyche. That's yeah. what I think. They're gifted in terms of attitude. They're machines. And anyway, the, my my point is, it's kind of long-winded. I, I've um, I've I've know I've heard a lot of stuff that's coming out of Bristol at the moment, and there is an automatic assumption that I would have because everyone knows I love Mark Bakewell because I don't disguise that, um, and I'm openly biased towards him. That people will assume that I've spoken to Bakes about it now I spoke to Bakes for about 45 minutes this afternoon yeah. while I was doing the washing up and the kids were on the trampoline and um, we made a point at the beginning of the phone call I said how's it going he goes mate there's a lot going on there's a lot going on he actually said to me I'd do me a favour mate and don't ask me too much about it because I don't want to I don't want to be in an awkward situation with a pal and I'd already said I'm not I texted him so I'm not going to ask about all the stuff I'm going to talk about now um, so if he had told me everything, I would probably deny it to save him. But equally, I wouldn't sit here and mention it now. But he hasn't told me everything um, because I don't want him to get into trouble. And But I do know a lot of other people at Bristol. There are six or seven or eight guys I know they're well in in the club, on the outside, who are lovely people. And Bristol have, a couple of weeks ago, or a week of wherever it was, Let's. I'm just going to say allegedly, just in case we get sued. We're getting to like, a point now. They're sacking people by email. They're emailing wow. agents, sacking people. They say you've got directors of rugby or head coaches, whatever they are, or chairman, whatever they are. Don't yeah, yeah. Want walking past players on, let's just call it a Monday or a Tuesday, a Tuesday afternoon, walking past players, how you doing? Yeah, good, good, good. And the boys are waking up to a phone call from their agent saying, I've been emailed, you're no longer a Bristol player, you're not going in today, you're done. There's your money, go. Do you know what that reminds me of? What? Alan Partridge, Pear Tree Productions. Pear Tree Productions. Yeah, sacks everyone, doesn't he? 
not best practice. Of the intercom. Yeah, so yeah, that's it. That's what it's like. So you've got, so you've got. Um, you'll make a joke of it, yeah. No. So they've also sacked the kit man and the team manager. I'm not saying. Look, yeah. Now and again, I, I've been saying for a year or the whole season that Bristol's squad is comfortably a third too large. Mm. Now as you have you have to cut those players. There are ways to do it. You know, um, if they're given one guy tweeted me and said if they paid him all the money, who cares? Holiday starts early. That's not the point. You've got guys like Jarvis, who's played 150 games for the club. You've got Carl Trainer, who's played nearly 100 games in the front row. You've got... But also, though, mate... Like, ben Mosses, who've gotten promoted. These guys have been binned by email. But, you know, if you, if you pay for the rest of the season and uh, you, you let go now, at least you've got more opportunity to try and find another club ra- rather than... Yeah, but Chanko, bring him in and have a chat with him and say, yeah, 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 yeah. It's gutless, it's gutless. And it's just, it's absolutely... No, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not saying about the way he's done it, but I'm It's absolutely about... typical of the way Bristol's been run. And then you've got people saying to... This is all reportedly, allegedly, what I've been told by people around the place, OK? Yeah, no and names. You, and you've got people going up to Mark Tainton and saying, I'm injured, I need... You've sacked me, that's fine. You've paid me, that's fine. I don't like the way you've done it, but... First of all, why didn't you mention it yesterday when you saw me in the corridor four times? Yeah, you yeah, must yeah. know it was happening. It's gutless. And then, and also, and he said, oh, it was the board. It wasn't me. It was the board. So he blames the board. And then you go and speak to the board, and the board's like, oh, didn't Tane tell you? He was supposed to tell you. It's all that sort of crap, you know? Yeah, 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 Just yeah, yeah. budget crap. And Blame culture. What it means is a couple of things. What it means is that everybody who remains knows that these guys who are running their club and who hold their at least their professional destiny in their hands to a point don't handle things properly, don't handle things, I'm going to say like men, but like women, like, you know, whatever, like good people. Yeah. Like, and there's, you know, people on the board saying this is what happens in big business all the time. Bollocks. It doesn't. It doesn't happen in good businesses. You know, my wife, for example, works for a great business, a huge business. They would never, ever, ever sack someone like that, ever. Primarily because you leave yourself open. It's an easy option, mate, isn't it? It's just you can just hide behind an email. Yeah, but if, you, if you're bright, you don't do it that way. No, no, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you, mate. Yeah, and so, but you've also got players who are injured being sacked. Yeah. Saying, well, I'm going to go and get a job somewhere else, so that's fine, but can I just, I need to train for another couple of weeks so I can be declared fit, yeah. otherwise no one would give me a contract. And Bristol saying, allegedly, saying, no, can't commit to that, sorry. It's like you are absolutely shafting these guys. But also, you know, word will get out about how they go about it. And, you know, how does that inspire new players to come to the club if they hear about stuff like Why that? Why would you go there? Absolutely no chance. Oh, yeah, by the way, you come to us, we'll pay you this amount of money, but you know, we might sack you by email halfway through the season. Yeah, and, right? it, and the whole thing about, well, as long as you get the money, who cares? I tell you, I've, I've, you know, not that I've had a proper job for very long, but we spend a lot of time around people who have real jobs and in different businesses with brands and whatever. And rugby, professional rugby is, there is a huge amount of emotion invested in professional rugby because anyone can get up and train. Lots of people are talented. What you give for each other physically, it's not like going to war. I won't compare it with that, but it is not like going to work at an office with a big pitch coming up. It's like having the biggest pitch of your life every Saturday for 15 years with a band of brothers. And as soon as you, as soon as someone at the top, you know, as soon as your friends, your pals, the, your, your, soul, your kind of real buddies are treated like that, yeah. do you know what? There are, there'll be lads at that club now who they're loyal. If they had any loyalty, it, these people have damaged it. My point about being sacked now and uh, getting paid the rest of the season is that 
it might not be a bad thing, regardless of the way they've done it, because yeah. you're getting off a, a sinking ship. You've got far more time to potentially find a new club rather than right at the end of the season when squads yeah, are... It's April, mate. I mean, people are signing in January. Right? Yeah. You know, but, you've got, not... but, but you've got longer. Yeah, you have. Yeah, absolutely. So I... From a anyway. clinical point of view, but I'm now, I'm now hearing I'm hearing things about legal action being taken against the club, yeah. and and then all that you know I, I, I just wonder how these guys will receive this news because it will come out in the paper. I wonder how the board or the chairman or whatever will receive this news. Will they say, "Hang on, let's have a look at our process. Have we got this right and treat these people properly?" Yeah, and built on what's meant to be a great family club, or are they going to start? Are they going to spend the rest of their month? Trying to find out who told the journo from inside the club. Yeah, it's like you're wasting your time, lad. Don't you know? So anyway, I just think it's a massive shame. They've handled things really, really poorly from the start, and I'm not convinced from what I hear from the inside that they have the humility or the perspective to step back and say, "We've balls this up. How do we fix it? Let's look at clubs that handle it properly. Let's look at Saris. Let's have some coffees with some people from Saris." And find out how to do things properly because they bossed it up. Yeah, we'll have to move on, otherwise, you'll have no time to talk about anything else. And I'm crying my eyes out. Um, Leicester beat Newcastle, pretty standard. Ellis Genge uh, sparked a bit of controversy. Yeah. Ben Young's looked really good at oh, night, yeah. what a great try. Um, I went to uh, Judgment Day at the Principality Stadium. I heard that was brilliant. Um, the first game was really good. It was the Blues versus the Ospreys. Now, the, yeah. the Blues haven't beaten the Ospreys in seven years. Really? For a long time, yeah. Long, wow. long time. Um, but they just look like a different team completely. They've been bubbling away recently. You know, there's a good first half against um, Gloucester a few weeks ago. Then they played pretty well against Ulster. Um, I think they drew that game. But all of a sudden, they look a completely different team. Like Nick Williams was I love amazing. Him. I love him. Cuthbert carried really well. Great. They scored a try just off a, off a steady scrum. Cuthbert off nine, straight over the game line. Nick Williams round the corner. No one's stopping him. Try. T.R.Y. time, Eddie. T.R.Y. time. Yeah. Um, Ray Lilo's looking good in the centre. What, um, what, does, what, does uh, what does Ray Lilo use on swimming pools to like float around when he's on holiday? A uh, rubber ring, not okay. Lilo. Okay. Um, Ellis Jenkins, number yeah, seven. Sharp, eh? Yeah. Man of the match, really good over the ball. Gareth Anscombe, mm. really good at 10. I expected a little bit more from the Ospreys. They didn't have their greatest game, but Blues were just physical. They played with width. It was, it was really good to see. It was a really good game. Yeah. Um, and obviously because I'm a bit of a Blues fan as well. well. You're biased. But, you're biased. Yeah. But, you know, the, it was a bad showing from the Ospreys. They are a better team than that. But you can only play what's in front of you, mate. Yeah, that's true, great mate. Um, I heard it was really, it was bumping down there though. And there, yeah, it was, it was good. good. I reckon it's about sixty odd thousand there. And then good. the Dragon Scarlets, a lot of people left um, that game. They were obviously just come to see their team. I think probably a lot of the Ospreys left in disgust because yeah, yeah, it, it was wasn't their brilliant. finest. Yeah. It wasn't their finest um, eighty minutes. But you know, Scarlets did a pretty decent job against the Dragons. Not too much, but what we need is more. Teams, you know, climb at the table to get into this Champions Cup next year because yeah. at the moment, Scarlet's a third, Osprey's a, a fourth. Um, I, the Dragons are down the bottom. The Blues won't get in. Only seven teams get in and in this league. Yeah, you see into chat, and one of them has to be from Ireland. One has to be from Italy. So, you know, whoever's in seventh place, I think, is the Blues at the moment. They'll lose their place to Treviso or Zebra. It they have to right. have an Irish rep- representation in that. It yeah. ain't right, is um, it? But, you know, 
Scarlets and Ospreys, if they can stay in the top four, at least they're in playoff chance yeah. to win the league. So it's all good. Um, okay. There was actually one question from Mick um, Fahilli, I think his name is. Oh, yeah. Um, Whatever his name on is. On Twitter. Is Jason Woodward likely to stay on at Bristol? Or a big club snap him up? So that's an interesting one because I know the answer and I've genuinely forgotten it, which is really professional. Um, I think... I think think he's too good a player. Do you know what? To drop down. I'll tell you what I heard. I'll tell you what I heard. Go on. I don't know what's happening. They may have sorted it and he may be staying, whatever. And actually, as a kind of a, believe it or not, kind of a a lover of Bristol rugby and someone who really wants to do well, I really hope they've managed to keep him because he's been brilliant. But I heard that he was keen to stay and do the job and get the boys back up and loves it there. And then some stuff went down at the club, like the way they treated people, and he was like... Yeah. And the people at, people I know at Bristol and around Bristol were saying, why would he stay? Why would he stay? When he's got offers from other clubs, offers from big clubs. Yeah. Um, he could go anywhere. I mean, he could pick his club probably. He's that good. The Gloucester 15 from New Tom Zealand. Marshall. Great game. Well think. good. Yeah. Well good game. Best game I've seen him play. Yeah. I wasn't sure if he was fast enough um, for 15, but it looked like he was gliding. Right? Well, good. He looked really, really, really sharp. And yeah. Atkinson at 12 for Gloucester as right, well. Just quickly, sure. before you go on to questions, Munster Saracens at the Viva at the weekend. What do you want from me? Who's going to win? I'm going Saracens. So am I. Tight, though. Claremont, Leinster. You're saying Leinster? I'm saying Leinster. I'm saying Claremont. Right. Yeah. I want Nick Abendanen to get man of the match, but Leinster to win. Question time, big boy. Question time. I've got one here from um, Stephen Jenkins. Okay. On, and it's about what was Daffod Jones wearing for Judgment Day commentary? Horror. I've not seen it. <laughs> oh, no. I've not seen it. It was, um, <laughs> he was, on, S- he was it? on S4C. Yeah. And I was, I was watch- obviously watching the game live, so I wasn't watching it on TV, so I haven't seen it. But yeah. I've heard. I'm, I'm not actually sure what he was wearing. Old fish lips. Fish lips, is it? Yeah. I do an impression of him now. Like, if only you could see this, guys. Yeah, no. yeah just like a fish. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I heard it wasn't the greatest, so we'll. Uh... Um, got another one on email from Johnny Owen, and um, your comment was: Was the Wasp v Northampton game the first top tier fixture where both DOR's sons were playing? Probably not, is it? Um, did you play with anyone, age group rugby, etc., whose dad was coach, and they selected their son even if they weren't up to it? And ooh, I, I read this question earlier and thought because I'm really professional, and I thought of a. An answer, England, um, and I may have told this before on the pod, so I'll keep it brief, but um, you lose track, don't you, when all you do is talk. And um, England schools, final trial, probables against possibles, A's against B's. Alexanderson, now Sarri's coach, was an absolute monster at that age. So he was vicious, really powerful, really aggressive, used to just nail people for fun, like way physical beyond his years, you know. And he was clearly the best six. And we got to the naming the teams... And I think it was a guy called Ed Hallett who was at six. Okay. And he was the son of someone who I think was called Tony Hallett, who was something like the chairman of the RFU, something like that. Not Timmy? Not, no. Okay. <laughs> no, not Mallett Hallett. So I think this is right. Now, at some point, someone who knows Ed Hallett might well tweet us and correct me on this. But I remember doing a li- line-outs, and we all knew the calls, so you didn't compete in the line-outs. You played the game, doing line-outs before the game. Yeah. So you didn't compete because everyone knew the calls. And there was a call where it's a wraparound or something, ball comes down and Ed Hallett comes through the gap at the back that's been created by so-and-so. And Al Sanderson, he wasn't buying it. He waited in the hole 
and as he came round, he absolutely ended him. And everyone was like, whoa. Because like, he knew he was coming. Yeah. So you could say it's a cheap shot. And Al Sarnison said something on the lines of, and he was like, on the floor, and he's like, give me my fucking shirt. <laughs> give me my fucking shirt. Like that. He was like, wow. Yeah. We were 17 at the time, and he was like, he was brutal. So I remember that, that sticks out for me, like, you know, and in the end, he was like, as he was, I, I, my memory is he's, he's fine, this guy. He's done his ribs or something, but he's struggling going off. Yeah. He was like, shirt, give me the shirt, <laughs> sort of thing. Like, wow. I often think Warren Gatlin is Gethin Jenkins' father. Yeah. Yeah. Which well, hasn't, he can't, he can't say, prove he's not yet, can he? No, you know, you just, they get on really well. Yeah. And a long, long career. Yeah. Loves him. You know, Warren Gatlin's son is in the match, that is yeah, in the squad no. for the first Lions game yeah. against the Lions. 10 as well. Oh, is he? I remember when he was like, you know, 12, 13 years old, kicking the ball in the Millennium Stadium. Neon to a team, giraffe. During team runs, yeah. Yeah. also remember Di Young's son's ball boys at the Blues. Oh, really? Yeah. Dave used to come in and say, I'm knackered. I had to take the boys to watch Blue last night <laughs> <laughs> in the Motor Point Arena. <laughs> Imagine Di Young watching Blue. Oh, I know. Right. <laughs> um, we had a question on Twitter from Divad Silios. Um, boys, what other sport do you think you could have turned your hand to? Oh, God. Do you reckon you could have? Um, you first. I reckon cricket or tennis. It's just I'm not all-rounder, hybrid. Oh, yeah. Are you quite skillful and stuff like that? Yeah, like I'm good at golf. Mm. Best of my gang at golf. Are you? Yeah. 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 Well, and, and results prove that. <laughs> Stapleford points prove that. Okay. I couldn't do any proper... Um, ball sports have got no coordination or hand eye really um, or balance I think um, what about like shot put or, or something like a power no, like that? Sh- no shot put I mean I'm 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 what six foot and na- if I was if I wasn't fat gear and I was in decent nick semi-decent nick I'd be six foot 19 and a half stone which sounds really big in the world of shot put that is mini- miniature so you're nowhere yeah. near big enough or powerful enough Mate, you eat some of those pork chops you put on last night. Yeah, it's true. Fifty percent fat, fifty percent meat. If I committed early enough to powerlifting, I maybe could have done that. And you don't chop the fat off either, do you? I do actually. You don't. I do you boy. eat that all? I promise you, I don't. That actually makes me feel sick. I thought of that. I don't. You cut. You cut it up vertically with a bit of fat on the end. Yeah, I just put some jam on it. Yeah. Um, I think probably something like grappling, something like that. Okay. Wrestling, jiu-jitsu, yeah. that sort of stuff I would have liked, yeah. Greco-Roman, cover yourself yeah, in the Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, sort of standard wrestling or jiu-jitsu stuff. Right, second one, second point of this question is, um, knowing pro rugby now, would you still do it all again? Do you know why I would? Um, I would because of the life it's given me now. Yes. Yeah. I would as well. I think the only thing that puts me off now is I know, I know the conditioning and the training it takes to get to where the players are now, and it's tough. And the, I, the one thing that puts me off now is diet. I mean, I I wasn't a ter- didn't have a terrible diet, but the guys are so on it now. I'm just not sure I've got that in me really. Um, but I, I would do it all again, and I don't care about the injuries and that sort of stuff. But I think yeah, because of where I feel like where like how life is now, yeah. So I would. here's a good one. From Mike Beeson on email. Um, do you think there'll ever be a Lions tour to Argentina? I think that is actually a great idea in terms of the test matches. I just don't think you could get seven, six, seven, eight great midweek matches out there. No, I'd say no, completely not. Mm. It's a nice idea, but the Lions tour is only every four years. So, you know, the, going back to New Zealand every 12 years, Steph told you I went back, I went in 05. It's amazing. It's a watch, was it? Yeah. Doing the media, was it? Yeah, boys, um, yeah, probably said this, boys roomed on their own, didn't they? 
That's what Clive Woodward did. Oh, really? Yeah, so they won the World Cup in 03. They ruined the boys on their own. Uh, the amount of players that come back and needed glasses. Yeah. Was, you, yeah. <laughs> Your parents are right. Jesus Christ. You make you go blind. Um, here's one. It's one for you here, Flats. Lawrence yeah. Evans. Um, do you have any experience of scrum pox? Yeah, I've had scrum pox, yeah. Yeah, what's it, what's it like? Um, How do you get it around your groin area, mate? No, it's not what this is. Oh, right. Sorry. Carry on. That's fishing trip again. Um, no, the, the, the way I got smallpox, uh, scrumpox was... What smallpox? I got where I got scrumpox was Duncan Bell. No, you don't smallpox. <laughs> no, you don't smallpox. Got, uh, Duncan yeah. Bell got used to get it all the time. It's basically like run-down, sweaty, herpes type thing, I think. But you're obviously grinding other men's sweat and blood yeah. and whatever in the front row a lot. You must get it on your face, don't you? Uh, yeah, the lads have it on face, chin, behind the ears, neck, stuff like that. And Belly yeah. had it on his like neck and ear and stuff. And I'm scrummaging against Belly in training. <clears throat> and we go, yeah, and we're going pretty hard. It was live, and like he's just like, oh, of course, so. And like, my ear, my ear used to burst. Just used to burst all the time, like every day, really. Yeah. So it would burst, and he had loads of blood all over the side of his face. And he's like, oh, for God's sake. And he, I remember he got the bottle, someone got a bottle of water and a sponge, like, sprayed the blood off. And I was like, oh, you've missed a load there. He goes, oh, no, that's me pox. He's had, like, exposed scrum pox. You're not meant to train. And I had open wound. And believe it or not, next morning I wake up and I've got, like, really sore pox behind oh. my ear, my neck, and everything. Um, that's, that's how it, it gets past. Everything gets past. So if you've got flu... And you train, props will catch, and you've got live scrums, the other lads will catch flu, you're just so close. And you still manage to pull. Yeah, mad, isn't it? Um, right. Not Theo, very often, man. Theo, Theo Beale on Twitter wants to know, if either of you stepped into a premiership game to play next weekend, how many minutes do you think you'd last? I'll be honest with you, right? I reckon 15. I just, I couldn't keep up with the constant play. Yeah, but you're a knee. Yeah, but fitness as well. I mean, I go to the gym. How'd you need I go to the gym three or four times a week because it's part of my life <laughs> and I go there with all this intention I've got in my head what I'm going to do I'm just like yeah I'm going to do this this yeah, I've superset everything and then I, you know I've got 25 minutes then at the end to do some cardio go real tough on the bike and do like, yeah. some, some, I, I never get around to doing any fitness just a bit of weights and I'm like oh. mm, I yeah I'm not jumping in the jacuzzi mm. that's Bubs's Bubs's yeah yeah he um, washes in there mate oh god uh, who goes in a jacuzzi and like cups their hands in water and starts splashing up in your face no one he just does him. just him uh, 50 say 15 minutes I don't know fitness wise I'd die out there um, yeah right, 14 minutes here's my, my last one on email we've had loads of questions we just can't read them all out of here all night but um, Julian Hollis on email um, a conundrum from okay. Guy Hollis in Bristol. Sweet corn, best on the cob or out of a tin? I want to say off the cob, Tommy. I want to say that, but I don't mean it. I'm going to say out of a tin to you. I'm off the cob, but I, I like to cut it off the cob. Do you? Yeah. Don't you just miss loads? No, 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 no. You use a sharp knife, cut it off the cob, but it doesn't get any teeth then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We might as well get out of a tin then. You've got some in your teeth now? Oh, no, that is your teeth. That's my teeth. Um, <laughs> Reese Williams has tweeted us. Is it the Reese Williams? The Reese Williams. Yeah. Commercial director at the Cardiff Blues. Ex-Cowbridge School. Ex-Cowbridge Schools, Wales, 15, winger. Um, Now he's a guy that, he wears tight shirts, he does a bit of chess, skips legs day. Yeah. No, he doesn't, mate. He's big. I know, he is. He's big. He used to to put um, insulation tape around his ears when he was at 15. That's it. Yeah. Um, Has Shanks ever won it? Drives around in the Cardiff Blues... um, 
sponsored card, isn't he, all the time? The yeah, electric right. one. Yeah. <laughs> no. All right, go on. He wasn't allowed the he wasn't allowed the Outlander, was he? Not the Outlander, the Discovery. Sport. Discovery. No, that's Dickies. That's the yeah. CEOs. Yeah. Oh. Touch well, subject that. Um, very. Has Shanks ever won a dance off that he entered? Yeah. I think. I think you have. No, I haven't. Um, I've seen you dance he's, he's, saying, he's saying that because um, 2004, after the last game of Six Nations, we had won two games. I think we'd be in. It might have just been Italy, the last game. So everything was brilliant. Yeah. Um, on a Sunday, we had a, a bit of a, a session, jumping jacks. And myself, Reese, and Alfie decided to enter a break dancing competition on stage. He says they want to enter it. So we went down there. And I, I thought I was the best. Yeah. Because I. Um, quite agile I used to do a little bit you know amateur back in the day and <laughs> amateur b-boy stuff yeah Rebo did Reese did a little bit pretty standard you know posh break dancing Alfie he froze did he yeah he froze under pressure didn't know what to do and then someone went behind him and I think it was Reese went behind him and kegged him oh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a proper keg as well was so it? the baby's arm was out oh, oh no. I know I know um, and then is, he, other... is he in a good position though to get kegged? Is he doing okay to get kegged? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. so he probably asked someone to do it. Um, and then they had like a cheerometer then for the winner. Yeah. And you know, most of the girls basically cheered for Reese. So he, he won it. He's in a Yeah. Um, so there. Okay. Well done. Um, last thing. Last thing, mate. Last thing. Last okay. question. Small man Peaky on Twitter. Um, wants to know what do you think about Luke Fitzgerald's comments on Nigel Owens? So have you have you read this or heard this? He had a little pop at Nigel. For, of course I have. Being, Why don't you refresh our listeners? For being smart, say Nigel Owens making a, a few smart comments in the game, like he does. Uh, it was about an advantage that was played, and he said, "You, you know, you, you were rubbish. The advantage was played. You didn't do anything with it. It was rubbish play." Um, one of the players, one of the Munster players, said, "Thank coach to him." Um, and Luke Fitzgerald isn't too happy about the way Nigel Owens speaks to players. Um, he's saying that refing should come first before he starts taking the mickey out players, which I, do, I think does happen anyway with him. Um, I think he's pretty funny. I quite I really enjoy his comments. He has a good rapport with the, with the teams and the players. Going into a game, you know he's going to come out with some smart comments. And for one of the Munster boys to say, thanks, Coach Back, I thought it was absolutely amazing. Brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, um, I I absolutely agree with you. I love Nigel Owens. He makes the odd mistake, like every ref, but he's one of the best in the world, has been for a while. I love the way he conducts himself on the field and off the field, but primarily on the field because I know more about that. I love it. I love all Nigel Owens stuff. I very rarely... In fact, I can't remember when I ever thought he was being inappropriate on the field. I think he's great, and I think it's absolutely fine that Justin Fitzgerald doesn't. <laughs> I don't think... Luke. Who's Justin Fitzgerald? Prop used to play for uh, Luke Fitzgerald. That's absolutely fine, and you know I actually really like listening to. Luke might be Cracker, Justin Fitzgerald, was that? No, no I really, I really like. Um, oh. It might be actually. I really like listening to Luke Fitzgerald's point of view on things. Actually, I oh, mate, he's not afraid to say what he, he no, thinks I really at like all. That. But I, I just, don't, I just on this one, I just don't agree. I love Nigel Owens. Um, there's one thing. Shane, Shane played for Allenford United in, in one of the cup games in Prince That's right. Won a game. Good on um, him. And I'm going to upload it to our Twitter account. Um, he catches someone's scrum hat that's thrown in the air without looking at it. It's like some sort of ninja skill. He's just yeah. looking away, sticks his arm out, catches it. He's like, he's the Matrix. He's like Neo. He's different. Dodging the bullets, throws it off. He's different. And he's still in incredible condition. And Nick, yeah. which 
really, really grinds me. Yeah, that's painful, isn't it? I know. Anyway. Well done, mate. Yeah. We're back on board, aren't we? Yeah, back yeah. to it. Feels good. Yeah, well, you know, if you do want to contact us, please do it on, on Twitter. Um, feel free to rate us on iTunes as well. Five stars, yeah? Yeah, don't rate us badly, you bugger is mine. No, <laughs> exactly. All right, then. All Ta-da. Right. Ciao. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 